Well, Casey, welcome to Red Hat Blue Hat Talk. Uh, and hey, all of you good morning. Who are, welcome. Good morning. And all of you who are watching uh, from places that are not Minneapolis, where I am, or beautiful Colorado, where Casey is, uh, good to see you too. Let us know in the chat where you're, uh, where you're from, what you're doing. Even if you're watching this on a re replay, you know we go back and, and look at those on occasion. So we'd love to, love to see that. Hey, Red Hat Blue Hat Talk. Uh, I'm Doug Paget, Casey Franklin. I wear the blue hat. Uh, Casey wears the red hat. <laughs> this time he's not even going color, just going full phonics. <laughs> full phonics. Uh, Casey, a uh, Trump supporter, me, a uh, Trump um, uh, preventer. I'm trying to prevent <laughs> Trump from being president of the United States. Uh, so uh, good to see you, Casey. Um, how are things? Hey, doing great, man. Uh, just another beautiful day in paradise here in the Rocky Mountains. Can't complain. Great. Well, happy Labor Day to you, by the way. Happy, happy yeah. Labor Day. Hope you're hope you're resting from your labors and benefiting from the great work of the unions that have been supported <laughs> by labor labor laws and Labor Day for the last eighty years. Uh, so, congratulations. Where's the, union, where, where's the union for all the Trump supporters? That's what I want to know. I think it's the local penitentiary is what I what I've seen. <laughs> uh, <laughs> gathering, they're going to have a gathering over at Federal Prison Fourteen, uh, something like that. Hey, uh, just so for people who don't know this, you and I have been friends, uh, known each other. I don't know, f and been friends since nineteen eighty nine. I think yeah. is that is that yeah, true? 80, actually, eighty seven. If you want to be exact, even better. I do want to be exact on that. Nineteen eighty seven. <laughs> so that's a long time. We've been friends, uh, similar backgrounds both uh, faith leaders, uh, and really disagree on this. And we talk a lot about it. And the point of Red Hat, Blue Hat Talk is that Casey and I want to talk publicly the way we talk privately uh, about these kinds of ideas. And we want to really try to understand each other, um, not, not dispelling the power and the meaning and the significance of our difference, but really wanting to understand each other. Because we're not the only people that love somebody who thinks differently about Donald Trump and it can feel like it can break your relationship. I know a lot yeah. of people who are in those. Did you just catch a stick that fell out of the sky? <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, I'm, I'm good like that. Yeah, that's amazing. You're like Neo. Um, so, that, so that's what we're doing in this conversation. We'd love to hear from any of you, especially those of you who are experiencing uh, broken friendships, relationships, family memberships, or, or family relationships, maybe family memberships. Maybe somebody actually got kicked out of the family. I'd be glad to, glad to know about that terrible story. If that's uh, something that you're that you, that you're living with and dealing with, uh, so that's what we do, right, Casey? We uh, we get yeah, to know right. each other's ideas, thoughts, beliefs. Exactly. Yep. And uh, you know, uh, as I've as yeah, as I've said before, um, you know, my my hope is that we can serve somewhat um, as a model for people who disagree on these kinds of things and still maintain a friendship yep. and a love for one another. So um, that's, that's my hope. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. And, and I feel like, and I know we're going to say this probably many of the weeks that we do Red Hat Blue Hat Talk, that friendship and love needs to be honest, right? And so yep. if you can hold honest opinions that you differ on of things that matter with those close to you, then you yep. have a chance to actually deepen your relationship. So rather than feeling like here's our choices, we either don't talk about these things or we find ourselves in conflictual relationship and we right. might not be friends or family members or care for each other anymore. 
I hope there's an other option. I hope there's an yeah. option of, no, we can know and understand each other. We can even articulate one another's yeah. positions well enough that either of us would be able to say, yep, you've got me right. Like if I'm ever not available for a press inquiry, I'd say to somebody, call Casey. He can explain to you what I think. Right. That wouldn't that be great if we were that if we got to that level of of understanding. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and this being yeah. true with with all friendships and family relationships or coworkers, that we'd at yeah. least say we understand each other. Because man, I'll tell you the thing, and I, I I'm not there with your beliefs on this stuff yet. So that's why I want to keep talking about this, right? Like I want to talk about whether Donald Trump and Red Hat uh, folks actually represent conservatism because I think they represent something else, you know, called big spending nationalism which might be fine. Maybe that's what people want, but it's just not the Republican conservatism of the old days. So I want to try to understand that. I want to try to understand how you, how you believe in justice in this country when everything is politicized by, by Trump, that everything is only about politics and every judge, every prosecutor, every AG, every future president is as biased and politically motivated as he is, that I think that causes real damage. So I want to understand those things because I really don't. And when there's a... Look... Anybody can disagree, right? Dis being disagreeable right. and even disagreeing, we can tolerate that. Yeah. The thing I think that scares a lot of us is when we look at somebody and we're just like, I have no idea who you are or how you think. That freaks yeah. me out. So yeah. I think that's what a lot, and I know people who have your opinions think that about folks like me that you see on the left or progressives or, as I would say, Jesus followers. You know, you just, it, it really confuses you about, you know, what we think and what we're doing and what we hold to. And, and when you live in a world where you're just not sure what the, what the agreements are, what the rules are, how people are going to behave, it can be really scary. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally agree. And, and, uh, you know, I, um, I've personally experienced, you know, um, the breakup of, of friendships and the, uh, and the, you know, we just can't talk about this option. Yeah. Um, and it's sad. And, and, you know, I, I'm not going to pretend that it doesn't happen the other direction, but my experience has been that when I try to engage with people who, who disagree with me and, and sort of hold views that would be closer to yours, um, you know, and I've, Oh man, I just experienced this just the other day where, um, literally, uh, the person I was talking to lost control. They just completely lost it and started using the F word and, uh, and just went off on me. And I'm like, mm. man, you know, this is bad. This is bad. And when, when people do that to me, I just shut down. I, mm. I just can't, I can't deal with that. So it kind of put up this um, unspoken yeah. rule or wall barrier up between us where it's like, okay, I guess we can't talk about these things. And to me, that's sad. So I really hope, and I know these things are very emotionally charged. And that's one of the, the challenges that we have in our country right now is how polarized things are with people. And, um, you know, and I, I will say that, you know, President Biden promised to unite the country, and I think he's only made it worse. I think the polarization has only gotten worse, uh, especially uh, through some of his own rhetoric. Hmm. Um, so that that makes me sad, and uh, just it makes me sad how divided we are in this country, and that we can't have conversations um, anymore. 
with people who we uh, vehemently disagree with. So that's why I'm really glad that you and I are doing this because I hope that we can we can show that it can be done in a in a positive and healthy way. Amen to that. All right, you ready? You're ready to jump in. Yeah, let's jump in, man. Let's dive in. <clears throat> okay, so I, I've written to you in a text uh, earlier that one of my feelings is that Trump supporters, Red Hatters especially, and I've talked to a lot of them. As you know, I've traveled the country. I do this work sure. professionally. Uh, sure, I've, yeah, yeah. I've interviewed people. I have uh, just been in casual conversations. I seek these kinds of relationships and conversations cool. out. So I'm talking yeah, to a cool. lot of Trump supporters. Everywhere, everywhere and anywhere I can. Yep. One of the things that I've noticed is that many hardcore Trump supporters, okay, I mean, I mean the ones that like wear the name, hang a flag, uh, that kind of thing. Sure, sure. They often say stuff like this. Hey, they're all bad. The Republicans are bad. The conservatives are bad. Or the Republicans, the Democrats, the conservatives, all of them. Trump is our savior from all of that stuff. Trump is the one that's going to release us, free us from all the shenanigans that's going on. Right. And then that kind of leads into when I ask them if they're Republicans, they'll say, yeah, lifelong Republicans. Are you conservative? Yeah, lifelong conservative. And then I raise issues that used to be important to conservatives. Sometimes in faith context, I raise questions about what used to be important to faith conservatives. Okay. And it seems to me that on some really important issues, mm-hmm. Trump does not represent those views, but people have hardened in their followership of Donald Trump at the expense of those things. So I'm just going to give you a little list of them, and we don't have to talk okay. about each one of them in detail, but then we can yeah. sort of get there. Is that good? Sounds good to me. All right. So one of, on the faith side, okay. one of the things that faith voters as a subset of Republicans used to hold to— was that integrity mattered, the person. I remember Lindsey Graham in the late 1990s standing on the Senate floor, tears in his eyes in a shaky voice. If we cannot have moral trust in our president, Bill Clinton, then this country cannot survive. Lindsey Graham doesn't think that anymore, doesn't believe that anymore. It it doesn't matter what he says, just watch what he does. Right. This is the thing you hear all the time. Uh, Interesting. Your comment about Biden's rhetoric causing a problem. But when Trump is accused for what he says, people are like, those are just tweets. He's just talking. He's not presidential. So this weird thing about what used to be important, morality, uh, consistency, truth telling, moral uprightness. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This kind of thing. Gone. Mm -hmm. The Constitution <laughs> is an important uh, part of conservative understanding. I'll show you this little uh, this little clip here from uh, uh, a little pullout from Trump's Truth Social a few months ago. He writes, "A massive fraud of this type and magnitude allows for the termination of all rules, regulations, and articles, even those found in the Constitution." Donald Trump wrote that within the last six months on Truth Social, that the termination, can you, um, I, I just say, I would have thought any conservative hearing any presidential candidate, former president say mm-hmm. the regulations, rules, and articles of the Constitution can be terminated, would have said, 
that's not conservative, right? So I'll just go on with a, with, with a couple others. Tariffs. Sure. Conservatives used to totally be against tariffs. That's angels getting their wings. And Casey getting a message. <laughs> tariffs. Used to be against them. Trump levying them like crazy. Preferred okay. tax implications. Giving tax breaks to carrier air conditioners in Wisconsin, but not giving tax breaks to others. In other words, say it with me, picking winners and losers. Conservatives used to despise that stuff. Trump does it. All of a sudden, conservatives love it. Cozying up to people who mm -hmm. used to be conservatives. I think you got to go into your notifications and turn that little dinger off. Yeah, I'll turn something. it off. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, cozying up to people like Vladimir Putin that people used to be opposed to. Cozying up to Kim Jong-un. Cozying up to the, 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 the head of, of Hungary. Anti-democracy, pro-authoritarian regimes used to be the things that conservatives said we oppose. In fact, we're going to build up military to stand in opposition to those. Now conservatives, or now these Trump supporters, support Trump in this kind of way. Antitrust laws used to be a big deal until Donald Trump wants to use them against the Washington Post and now wants to enact certain punishments against some businesses because he doesn't like what they write. A big deal. Deficits and national debt. Used to be deficits were a big deal. Spend, and they still act like it is, but the 2017 tax uh, break ballooned the debt. Donald Trump said he was going to drive it down, created more debt in four years in this country than all of the years of our democracy combined. Four years of Trumpism, deficits, and national debt unlike we've ever seen. Just in those four years. And finally, a war against the press. It used to be that free speech and freedom of the press was a big deal for conservatives. Now, Donald Trump calls him the enemy of the state, has him kicked out of his press conference. All the stuff. Okay. Just a little list of the kinds of things that to me, when I bring <clears throat> these up with Trump supporters, buddy, they just are like, either we don't care anymore or they just deny that these, these were things. So I'm, I'm interested in your response on that. Wait. Easy now. Oh, you've got some dogs around you. I see. You're being cute. You've got, you got puppies and dogs. See, oh, yeah. Casey's, a, Casey's an animal lover, so he wins points yeah, with all the fair. dog people. Hey, so, yeah, uh, interesting stuff. Um, you know, um, generally, let me comment generally, and then maybe we can get into a yeah. couple of the specifics. <clears throat> but I would say, um, generally speaking, um, some of the things I, I would say you're mischaracterizing, and some of the things I would say, um, you know, uh, uh, different different times call for different things. So just because, you know, you're historically against something or for something as a general thing, mm -hmm. um, sometimes you have to break those things okay. uh, because the current situation calls for it. Got it. Does that make sense? Yep. So... Um, so I would say like with the tariffs, for instance, that would be an example where, um, yeah, I mean, maybe conservatives and Republicans uh, in the past were against those because, you know, um, generally the thought was trade wars are bad. That was the general thought, I think. But that was before the rise of uh, communist China. So now we've got this whole new threat, geopolitical uh, military threat on the rise mm -hmm. 
And uh, Trump was one of the first people to really see that and acknowledge that and realize that and point it out. And, you know, he was tough on China. And he said, you know what, we may have to we may have to get tough here on the on the trade situation. So um, so there's there's situations like that. Um, as far as your quote goes, can we put that quote back up? Yeah, the Trump one on, on suspending yeah, the Constitution. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I've never seen this before. Um, really? But I think this. Yeah, I, didn't, I haven't. You know, I don't oh, okay. necessarily follow everything Trump says. Like I said, um, you know, I'm a Trump supporter, but I don't blindly follow anyone. And uh, Trump represents things for people like me. Um, that we believe in and it's not about the cult of personality that you guys love to to try to make it um, So that doesn't mean I follow everything and see everything that he says or does okay. but um, This one I would say is a case of uh, something like what happened last time when we were together when um, we both looked at the same video and came to different conclusions and um, You know like for instance the reception of Joe Biden in Hawaii um, I mean, you made it sound like there was one guy there and well, the video there was, was a one whole guy. Crowd of people. No, there was a whole crowd of people there, but the angle of the camera of the yeah. guy's phone was only showing one guy close up because of the angle, but there was a whole crowd of people there. And just because you could only hear the closest guy there doesn't mean not everybody in the crowd were yelling similar things. Uh, you know, but it also doesn't mean they were. Yeah. Right. 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 So. So you and I saw the same video and we came to different conclusions. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, we look at the same quote and we can also come to different conclusions. Um, the way that I look at this quote is I say what he's pointing out here is that the massive fraud that's going on is involving the termination of all rules, regulations, articles in the Constitution. So I interpret it differently and I don't know how he meant it. Um, cause I wasn't there when he said it and I'm not here. To oh, he wrote it. Yeah. I wrote it on true social. Yeah. Yeah. So, but you know, that's probably what he means. So, you, so that, you're saying um, you, you, you read the quote where he says a massive fraud of this type and magnitude allows for the termination of all rules, regulations, articles, even those found in the constitution. And you're saying you might read this as Trump is saying th this fraud is terminating the re rules regulations and articles of the constitution exactly. Exactly. yeah no that's not okay go back when, when you just trust me on this one because i have looked at it when you go back yeah. and look at the entirety of the quote he's well, saying the fraud that he's exposing needs to be responded to and a fraud no, of this no. side okay just just no, give me i disagree okay, i'm not going to trust you Okay, well, just give me a thought experiment, right. Casey. Just do a thought experiment with me. In case I'm right, just in case, just, you know, we're just, mm -hmm. we're just, uh, we're yeah. just blue sky in here. If you go and look at the Truth Social post yep. and hear his response and yep. watch the response yep. of Republicans galore who respond to this, yep. and it turns out what he meant to say is what he wrote that the fraud that he's talking about allows for the termination, if that's what he said, does that change anything for you? Oh, if that's what he meant, yes. does that change anything for me? Yes. Well, sure, sure. I don't agree with that, and I don't, I don't okay. believe believe that. I don't want that. I just. Do you I think would that would disqualify him from being president? Like, I'm just think, thinking, if Joe know. Biden, if Joe Biden said this. 
no, no matter what the, the beginning of the sentence is, a massive fraud of this type, no matter what he says, <laughs> the, the reason, yeah. right? If Joe yeah. Biden were to say, this thing allows for yeah. the termination of the articles even found in the Constitution, I have to believe as a conservative, you would use that, uh, that, that would bolster your idea that this is somebody who shouldn't be then taking an oath of office to defend the Constitution. Um, sure. I mean, that yeah. makes sense to me. Okay. However, um, we have to give people the benefit of the doubt and allow their free speech. And, you know, if, if somebody says something that is misinterpreted, let's, let's get some clarification. For instance, sure, sure. somebody yeah, just course. sent me this on my phone. It said, just listen to this for a second. Okay. This mm -hmm. is on my phone. It says in a truth social post on December 3rd, 2022, Trump repeated his claim that the 2020 election results were fraudulent and argued that this allows for, quote, the termination of all rules, regulations, and articles, even those found in the Constitution. Many interpreted this to mean he had called for a termination of the Constitution. Trump later denied this, arguing that he meant, quote, steps must be immediately taken to right the wrong of election fraud. Yeah, I know that's what he thinks. He's saying that we need to right the wrongs of election fraud. But he said right. the fraud of this level means the termination of all rules and regulations and articles, even those of the Constitution. He, he's not, he didn't clarify it to say, no, what I meant was the fraud that went on terminated the Constitution. He was saying, I'm trying to fix the election fraud as I see it. And that means we need to do everything possible, including terminate. So his clarification didn't even deny the very thing he was accused of that back in December, so many people responded so harshly and negatively to across the political spectrum. Okay, so, okay, so we're going to look at this, a thing Donald Trump literally wrote with his own thumbs, I think. I don't think he's a finger tapper. He's got little hands. Maybe. I don't know what he does. But he typed it with his own digits. Mm -hmm. Which, by and the he, way, Joe Biden the, doesn't do that. He has his press secretary. Yeah, I think that's probably true. I think that's probably true. He, uh, <laughs> he, he accidentally tweeted the wrong thing the other day. I don't know if you saw that. Pretty, no. Is that true? Pretty, uh, crazy. Yeah. Look, there's a lot of people who shouldn't be tweeting. And, well, no, nobody should be on X. Can we just put that to bed? But nobody should be Xing or tweeting. Um and certainly not not Joe Biden, right? Like, just just stick to the day job, buddy. Um, you know, say say save the country. Stick to, uh, stick to the beach. Stick to the beach. <laughs> I thought you were gonna that's say. I thought you were gonna say stick to the crime family. That's that's right. I thought that oh, was going. Well, that's good. Uh, all right. That's well, well, Casey, here I think this is a great example of <clears throat> exactly the point I was making. As soon as you raise an issue with red hatters, they immediately tell you either he didn't say it. He didn't mean it, or we don't care about it anymore. So, look, I'm not being, I'm not critiquing. I'm just saying your response to this is precisely what I was saying. The response is that I hear from conservatives. Like your response that things change, so our approach needs to change. Dude, I'm all with you. You know what that's called? A progressive approach to politics. The progressive approach to politics says we need to use all the tools at our disposal and not set some of them aside. 
So sometimes we're going to use tariffs. Right. Sometimes we're going to use. So, but that's not what conservatives used to say. It's not even what conservatives still say until it runs up against the behavior of Donald Trump. And then everyone backflips and responds differently and says, well, different, different occasions need different responses. And then they say, but conservative principles and conservative ideals, and we're not flip-floppers, and we're not going to be people that say one thing one day and do another thing another day. We're consistent because we're built on conservative principles. That used to be the argument. And man, people ate it up. They're like, we're not going to live in some postmodern world where different realities are met by different responses. We're going to know what we stand for, know what we believe in. We're going to move forward until it comes to tariffs and preferred tax and which particular leaders are a problem and antitrust laws and deficits. Mm-hmm. And then, and then well, it changes. So I guess that's my point, that it used to be conservatives, and I know a lot of conservatives okay. who don't support Trump are just, you know, they're, they're just made mad by all this uh, because— so is it possible that the commitment to Donald Trump is a commitment yeah. to something that's not fundamentally conservative? Because I really want to get clear on this, because that's what I believe you and others mm-hmm. are saying. We're not conservatives mm-hmm. in that classic sense. We're nationalists for sure. America first. We're going to spend big dollars on lots of things. I mean, couldn't figure out how to get infrastructure week, but wanted to wanted to spend a bunch of money on infrastructure, wanted to do big tax cuts, which is government spending. So is, is that, is that a fair argument? Uh, no, not really. I mean, I love how, excuse me. I love how, you know, most of the arguments you make, um, are also true if the shoes on the other foot. I mean, the left does the same thing, you know, by no matter what Biden does or says he's fine. He's good. He's just a, he's just a wonderful uh, older man who loves his son. He's just a grandfatherly figure. Let's just give him a break. He loves ice cream, you know, and it doesn't matter, you know, what he says, what he does. Uh, he can do no wrong. I mean, so uh, <clears throat> it works okay. both ways there, buddy. Okay, um, fair. That's, that's yeah. fair. Yeah. So, I mean, um, yeah. Uh, I had a couple other thoughts, but I just lost them. Okay. But, hey, uh, let's. Can, can we talk about what happened this uh, this last week around January sixth? Because this continues to be a real point of disagreement between us. I know we've texted, and yeah. a year ago, uh, I feel like you said some things about January sixth that were a little bit more like, "Look, that was a real problem." And now I hear you saying things more like. Boy, we've really overblown what went on that day. As it turns out, after watching video footage, uh, this was really just a couple of people got wild and not orchestrated, not planned, no crimes committed by the masses or with intentionality. A few people did some bad things, but they were did that on their own. They weren't directed by Donald Trump. They weren't working in, in concert with each other. Um, it was it was a lot of tourists just on a tourist visit kind of kind of approach. Do, do I have you right about that? No, no. I, okay. uh, sorry. No, that's kind of a mischaracterization. Um, <clears throat> the way that I would explain it. <clears throat> um, number one, um, what I would like to share with you is um, here. Let me share with you a little bit about what was actually happening on January 6th. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Number one. Gasoline was a dollar ninety-three a gallon. 
there was almost zero inflation. The supply chain was functioning really well. The economy was the strongest in 50 years. The border was controlled and secure. The Taliban wasn't armed with billions of dollars of our U.S. artillery. There were plenty of workers to fulfill the labor needs, speaking of Labor Day. The stock market was at record highs, and 401ks had record high values. Interest rates, we haven't talked about that. Interest mm -hmm. rates, which are now at 20-year highs, were at record lows. So that's what was happening. That was what was really going on on January 6th. So if you want to talk about what was happening on January 6th, that's what we should be talking about. But in reference to the so-called attack on the Capitol, which I know that's what you really want to talk about. Yeah. It, um, and, and the fact you called a so-called attack. That's what I was getting at. That's the point I was trying to make earlier that you yeah. said it's not an attack. Yeah. It's a so-called well, attack. Are we gonna, when are we going to talk about Antifa and BLM burning down federal buildings and rioting for months at a time? And hardly anybody's been prosecuted for that. Yeah, well, yeah, I'd be glad to talk about that. I'd love to, yeah, because yeah, I live yeah. in that city. You know, I live in one of the cities. No federal buildings were ever burned to the ground. Um, Wait, what? Well, well, name one. Which which federal building? Uh, there were plenty of them in uh, the Pacific Northwest, Portland and, no. and Seattle. Not federal buildings. Anyway, um, yeah, glad to talk about okay. all that. Yeah, glad to. But but let's 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 stick with January sixth since it's okay, what Trump is convicted or being charged with and what people were convicted of and sentenced this week, which is what I wanted to get to the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers. But but go on, let's just stay on January sixth. Yeah. So um, yeah, it was unfortunate what happened, and um, you know, I mean, the only the only person that was killed on that day uh, was a veteran a military veteran who was a trump supporter yeah ashley babbitt yeah yeah and you guys don't ever talk about that <clears throat> and um what talk happened all was the time. i i regret that that happened i think it's sad what happened i hate the fact that um it it happened the way that it did um uh, but to call it the worst attack in the united states since pearl harbor or 9-11, as some people on the left have called it, I think that's overblown. And I think um, a lot of the depiction of the left has overblown what has happened. Number one, Trump did not encourage or coordinate anything. He gave a speech and he said, I would love for all of you to peacefully and uh, patriotically work your way down to the Capitol. It was supposed to be a protest. It was supposed to be a peaceful protest, um, like the mostly peaceful protests that BLM did uh, in the Summer of Love. So, um, yeah, it got out of hand. It shouldn't have happened the way that it did. Um, and it's it's sad that it happened the way that it did. But I think that um, people who hate Trump have basically decided that this is a great way <clears throat> to use it against Trump and his followers to make Trump out to be a criminal and to make anybody who supports him likewise then logically uh, is also a criminal. And uh, so 
So you don't think it was the fact that people were wearing Trump hats, waving Trump flags, screaming Donald What's Trump sent, screaming What's, Donald Trump sent. No, I'm just saying those are the people who did these, un, as you refer to it, these unfortunate things. That Donald Trump was asked by the vice president, by the speaker of the house, by the by the uh, the head of the Senate, to please do something, and for hours didn't. Short of a tweet. But interestingly, we don't take what Donald Trump writes in tweets or posts as if they're authoritative. So it's a curious, curious level of response. Well, so okay, Casey, so this is, but, but here's, wait, but, wait, wait, but here, wait, can I just wait, say, here's, here's the point that I wanted to make. I said earlier, I think you described January 6th as this and such. And then you said, yeah. no, that's not fair. And then you precisely described it as this and such. <laughs> like That's exactly what I was trying to say. I've heard from you a lot of times is something got out of hand. A few people did something they shouldn't have done. It was mostly peaceful protesters. That's how you see January 6th, not as a coordinated attempt to try to stop the certification right. of electoral college votes. Do you think that was the purpose of it happening on January 6th? Like, why was the event January 6th? What were the people doing going into the Capitol? What was the purpose of doing any of this on January 6th from your vantage point? Well, so let me ask you a question. Okay. Um, do you believe that all Biden supporters and all Democrats um, like to burn buildings down and, and riot? I don't think that's, like that's true just at all. They do? Yeah, no. Okay. So not all people who support Trump uh, yeah. are there or were there or course. believe in violence or destruction of property. Of course or not. Or anything like that. Of course not. So I think there was a spectrum. Just like, just like there, yes. Just like there's a spectrum of people, right? who are Democrats and Trump haters and um, progressives and radical left people. There's a perspective. There's a, um, you know, there's a spectrum of people, right? Um, there's the radical people who believe in violence yep. and um, taking extreme measures like that. And then there's people who just are average, ordinary yeah. law abiding okay. citizens that sure. saw something so they, what they view, how they viewed what was happening with the election was that there was nefarious, there were nefarious things that had happened and they yeah. honestly believed that something went wrong, that the election yeah. was not conducted in a free, fair and honest way. And they had evidence to suggest that. So they were basically saying, hey, wait a minute. We don't like what's going on here. Why this were they there right. January 6th? Because that as was, opposed to January fourth or January twelfth or something, right? Uh, well, I don't know. That was the day they chose to do it. No, Casey, it wasn't the day they chose to do it. It was the day of the certification of Congress of the Electoral College votes. That's why. So they don't have a right. Wait, so so yes. you don't have a right to go to the Capitol building on of the course day you of your do. choice. Of course you do. And but. Of course. But Casey, the point I'm making is Donald Trump did not invite them to come to Washington, D.C., where, quote, it's going to be wild. He didn't invite them to do that on the 4th of January or the 12th of January or some other random day. He asked them to come on the day of the certification to pressure 
Congress to not accept the Electoral College votes. This is the piece that continued because they said so. <laughs> they they talked about it publicly. Rudy Giuliani you know, talked about way better than I do. I know because I've actually paid attention to this stuff, Casey, and it's all over the place. It's not only in the in the January sixth deal. Okay, so I'm just telling you this is actually what happened. It was January sixth because that's the day that Congress, yeah. by by congressional demand, has to certify the election okay. uh, that the, well, ele- the, the electors they, that okay, they were on. there to stop. They were not there to raise their voices. They were there to stop the certification. And they try, okay, and then, well, and then we'll the certification to, was paused. Okay, no You'll problem. You'll have to show me some proof Glad of that. To. Because, Glad to. Okay. Um, what if, what if, I'm just going to throw out another scenario, just like when you said with the quote, the Trump quote, yeah. what if he meant that he wants to abolish the Constitution, which I don't believe that. Um, what if, let's just do another thought experiment. What if um, this was the situation? Trump said, hey, uh, we don't like how this election went down. So we're going to protest. So I'm going to give a speech and we're going to have a rally and we're going to march down to the Capitol and peacefully protest uh, the fact that we uh, uh, believe that something not good went on here. Yeah. All right. So, uh, and then let's say for instance, that there were, um, let's see, What's the word? Nefarious elements in the crowd, uh, potentially Antifa people, potentially BLM people, potentially FBI people that were intentionally trying to stir up trouble and turn this into something more than just a peaceful protest. What if that went on? And then and then the fact that Trump actually um called Nancy Pelosi and said, hey, let's send in the National Guard. We don't want this thing to get out of hand. Um, I'm offering uh, uh, thousands of National Guard troops. And she turned him down. She was in charge of capital security. That's her job. Okay, you want me to respond to that? If any of that was the case, we'd be talking about something really different. None of that is true. No, no. None of it is true. Trump didn't do that. The the January sixth was not was not was not okay. So I I think I think power is controlling the narrative here. No, the the party that was in power. That's what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. Well, the administration in January sixth was the Trump administration, and and the details that have come out about all of this, Casey. Look, the January sixth has been very well documented, and I gotta say, I've asked you many times, have you read the indictment? I know you didn't watch the January 6th hearing, so fair enough. You didn't want to watch what Republican Liz Cheney and Republican Adam Kissinger had to say about it. I understand that. But if you read the indictment, just the first page, page and a half, lays out the time frame of what the charges are. So I just want to ask you this. The reason I brought this up was because last week, the Oath Keepers leaders— were sentenced to, I think, 18 years and 15 years in prison for their actions on that day. Was it Oath Keepers or Proud Boys? Both. The oath, there oh, are two okay. Oath Keepers, and then the Proud Boys head, I think, was also sentenced to 18 years. The Oath Keepers, okay. two people, begged for the judge to 
grant them mercy so they could take their kids to school. They don't want to be away from their family. It was heartfelt, sad thing. Crying in court, one of them, mm-hmm. saying we were lied to. Trump told us to come and do it. Now, you may disagree with their account in federal court, but this is what they're saying. This was their defense. We came because the president asked us to come. We were doing the president's duty. We thought we were authorized to do it and all this other business. The Proud Boys leader, on the other hand, was sentenced and then yelled while leaving the courtroom, Trump won. So I just have to say the people that are on the side of this, and I'm not trying to paint a brush, a broad brush stroke where all Trump supporters, but even in this conversation, it's clear to me, you don't really want to separate from those people. You're more likely to say it was Antifa and Black Lives Matter and the FBI than it was the Oath Keepers, the One Percenters and the Proud Boys and more than a thousand people who've been criminally charged and convicted of their actions on those days. So the idea here that this was just a random peaceful day that was ginned up by the FBI, Trump tried to stop it, Nancy Pelosi prevented it. That's the reality you're choosing to suggest, as opposed to all the evidence, including literal trials of evidence with lawyers. So... This is a point where I know sometimes, and buddy, I love you, but sometimes we look at the same thing, and sometimes, you know, one can see one thing, one can see another, for sure. And I am willing to be wrong as can be about this. But there reaches a point where there's just enough data that this is not an opinion about why it was January 6th or what people's intentions were. They've confessed to it. And I know we've talked about this because I've written to you times when other people have confessed to it. And you said, well, I didn't read all their confession. Maybe they didn't mean their confession. Maybe they were coerced into their confession. So once again, we reach this point where words don't even have meaning, whether Donald Trump says them or people in, in court hearings say them. And this is the part that makes me just feel like what's going on because I know and trust Casey. Buddy, I would trust you literally with my safety and my life. You are not an untrustworthy person. And this is why I watch you with Donald Trump, and I'm like, why does everything get topsy-turvy and curvy? That's the part that's just—and look, you're welcome to come at me and tell me that, you know, if you find me trustworthy and then I get all goofball about some stuff, because I'm sure I do. There's, I'm sure there's times where I don't behave in ways that are equally as consistent as other times. So— I hear you. I hear all you. Right. Well, all right. Um, well, that's it. all right. So let me respond. Let me respond. Yep. Okay. Um, have you ever watched the movie Shawshank Redemption? Many, many times. I don't know why I watched it so many times. I think it's because it used to be the only thing on, you know, when, before you had cable. Yeah, I watched yeah, it lots. Exactly. They, they play it over and over again. Um, but um, yeah, uh, we just watched that the other night, and and. Um, I don't think it's based on a true story. I could be wrong about that. You may know better than me. Um, but I, I think that um, when you watch the movie and the, you see the time frame and stuff, um, you kind of get the sense that, you know, it, it could be a true story or something like that mm-hmm. definitely could have happened and uh, probably still does happen. And, you know, I love people like yourself who, you know, uh, you're against the death penalty. I know. And I'm assuming part of your part of your reasoning for that, which I think is a fair point, is that our legal justice system doesn't always get it right. 
so the idea of somebody being uh, convicted for something that's a capital crime and then being uh, put to death for that uh, when they're innocent is just a horrific thought. So I know a lot of people, and I don't know if this is characteristic of yourself, but I know a lot of people who, you know, uh, object to the death penalty on, on those grounds alone because the justice, the so-called justice system isn't perfect. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things that can go wrong. There's, there's things where, and, and you see it in the, in the movie, right? Where uh, an innocent man gets two life sentences in prison. He goes to this horrific, horrible conditions prison, which I, I know people on the left, you know, want prison reform. Um, so you see this horrific prison. He goes there for two life sentences um, for something that he didn't do. And then you see um, the potential of, of a witness who, you know, comes comes to him and says, hey, I think I know who actually killed the people that you were accused of killing and are now in prison for. And he, you know, the warden has him killed because he's a witness mm-hmm. uh, that could overturn that. So my only point here is that uh, um, the legal system isn't perfect. Um, prosecutors do choose who they want to prosecute and who they don't want to prosecute mm-hmm. based on a lot of different factors. And again, you know, as you point out, I don't have a law degree. I'm not a legal expert. Of any, um, but I understand the concept of justice. I understand the concept of the way the legal system, in my mind, is supposed to work. And just because uh, there's a legal system at work doesn't mean things work properly or fairly or justly every single time. And I'll give you another real life example. What about the J6 prisoners? I mean, there's people who are in prison right now that have been denied their due process rights. They've been held for two years, over two years in a DC gulag basically, right? With no due process. That's never happened in the United States of America. Hmm. So happens all the time. I mean, there's a lot of things that, you know, you have to look at things both ways. Then there's, you know, the Tucker Carlson video footage of what actually went on in the Capitol, which I know mm-hmm. you don't like. I've but, watched it. No, you know, I've watched it. Yeah. We, we have to take that into consideration because it of course, that's why there's trust. Yeah. But Casey, we take all that stuff. Look, if what you're basically saying is we can't have a justice system in America because it's untrustworthy, no, I'm not that's. That. Well, then I don't know what you're saying. If if the point is it's probably not fair against Donald Trump because we know that sometimes the legal system is corrupt. Then and the J6 on what basis other than I don't want my guy to be guilty. And the idea, again, I know we've gone through this multiple times, that that level of corruption that you're describing going on, which does happen is going to happen Mm -hmm. in one of the most important cases in American history, fundamentally corrupt, and no one seems to get to the bottom of it. That just is... Well, no one's gotten gotten to the bottom of the cocaine in the White House either. (laughs) That seems like a pretty big deal, cocaine in the White House. Okay, really? I mean, we're not to the bottom of that either. Okay, I think it was was in the parking lot. Anyway, okay. Okay, well, I want. Uh, I will. I will grant you this: we're forty-seven minutes and forty-four seconds before there's a what about Hunter Biden? I love it. So congratulations on a new record. Um, but Casey, what I what I think you're saying, and I tried to raise this earlier. I hear conservatives say, 
who are red hatters say, I don't believe in the justice system anymore. And you've basically made the argument without saying it. We can't trust that the January 6th convicts are really guilty. We can't trust that Donald Trump is guilty by evidence because the system is corrupt. So then by default, I just have to say, what court cases can you trust? Can you trust uh, convicted death row murderers that the justice system was? uh, Casey, my argument against the death penalty is not that innocent people are executed. It is that no matter what someone has done, the state should not be executing people. My point is, do you believe that the justice system is trustworthy? With the exceptions, granted, do you believe it's trustworthy? Not right now, I don't. Okay, and, fair and enough. Certainly not in all cases. But the and I'll just I just want to raise the reason for this change right now because I'm I, I'm pretty sure that five years ago, seven years ago, had we talked, you would not have responded that way. The reason is that Donald Trump is being charged. Fair? No, no. I I wouldn't characterize it that way at all. Okay. I mean, I've always had questions about the justice system. Sure. Um, Sure. You know, the justice system, um, it's it's probably... Are you calling for the free... Are you calling for the emptying of jails? I I got a lot of progressive friends that do. (laughs) They they, they truly... I mean, look... I've had I had a couple of progressive friends say to me, they're like, hey, I've listened to you and Casey. And man, that guy is so close to being where we are, like full on anarchy. Like they're like, yeah, man, take one more step and you're where we are. So curiously, and this is what I find a lot. A lot of those like social engaged folks, really progressives are right next to the Trumpers. This happened when we were in Milwaukee, hearing these people talk, and I'll show interviews later, uh, outside the, the Republican national uh, uh, presidential debate. The, <laughs> it was unbelievable. I mean, these people are just right up to the edge of saying, you know, none of it's trustworthy. Capitalism is trustworthy. The government's not trustworthy. Like, we need full-on local expression, which is a super progressive, uh, you know, lane that some people are in. All right, hey, you, you had a video you wanted to show, and I know we're chewing up our time here. We're already at five zero minutes, 50. Okay. <laughs> um, do, do you yeah, want to yeah, show yeah. this? Do you want me to show this to, uh, Tulsi Gabbard uh, video? And you want to, do you want to raise yeah. this and talk sure. about it? Uh, sure. Okay, sure. so friends, just want you to know, we're, we're trying a new way of showing a video. So I need our, our, our folks <laughs> in the chat to tell me if you're not getting audio, because it's like a minute, 39 seconds. So it might be that you see video and don't hear it because I didn't have a way to test this new little, this new little thing that we're, um, that we're trying. Uh, all right. So anyway, you're going to see Tulsi Gabbard here, if all works out right, and you're going to hear her. Casey, do you want to say anything about why we're watching Tulsi Gabbard, former Democratic uh, presidential candidate? Uh, no, I think her words speak for themselves. Yeah. So Tulsi Gabbard is no longer, uh, I don't know if she considers herself to be a Democrat or not, but she's no longer someone uh, that I trust. Um, This is a Truth Social post. I've never uh, been on Truth Social. Got this link from Casey. So I think that's also pretty cool uh, that we're uh, showing an actual Truth uh, Social post. Um, Another example of how far President Joe Biden's politicized Department of Justice is willing to go to try to destroy his main political opponent 
as the presidential election is going on. Uh, th this foundational purpose of what the Biden administration is doing is, is really the thing that should be most concerning to every, everyone. As we can see, all of these indictments, count after count after count, being thrown at former President Donald Trump, uh, is clearly an effort to to divert his focus away from the campaign and towards fighting on multiple fronts in these lawsuits, and to completely drain his him and his campaign of of resources so that they can't focus on on actually campaigning and trying to win this election. The the founders envisioned that our country would be a country of laws, not of men. And what we're seeing here, uh, most concerning as it relates to the First Amendment, but but you take all of these different attacks and indictments uh, in whole, what we're seeing is a politicized Department of Justice that has disqualified itself from being able to fulfill the awesome responsibility that they're entrusted with because they are using it, first of all, to go after their political opponents, namely Donald Trump and his supporters, and also using the Department of Justice to protect the Democrat elite, namely President Joe Biden, by extension, uh, Hunter Biden. So we're seeing how this politicized Department of Justice is being used to achieve both of those purposes, both of which harm the American people's interests, the interests of our country and our democracy. All right. Uh... You want me to respond? Right, you got to so, come. Hey, th well, I, first of all, I want to thank people for telling me that it was working. Thank you. Oh, boy. I think it's still playing. Just the nonsense over there. Just kill that thing. Casey, yeah, thank you. I just want to uh, thank uh, Heather and Ren and others who let us know we could hear it. Uh, it, it takes a village around right, here. So thank you, villagers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. You, you want to say, you wanna say hey, something about it? or yeah, do let, you... me, let me comment first, and then I'll let you comment, okay? Yep. Okay. So um, this is a, a gal from Hawaii who used to be one of you people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> she used to think like you. She was a Democrat. Uh, I don't mm -hmm. think she considers herself a Democrat anymore. Um, and so um, so I assume you're saying that if you're not a Democrat, you're not trustworthy. I'm not sure. But anyways, she used to be a Democrat. She used to think more like probably like you and, and other progressives. And she's now come to her senses and her eyes have been opened and she's seeing what is going on for what it really is, which is the politicization of our justice department, which is why it is currently not trustworthy. This is election interference at its greatest. And um, I just, ah, I wish I had it right in front of me, but um, there's actually a uh, here it is right here. I want to read this to you. Okay, this is statute 9-85-500 and it says federal prosecutors and agents may never select the timing of any action including investigative steps, criminal charges, or statements for the purpose of affecting any election or for the purpose of giving an advantage or disadvantage to any candidate or political party. So right there, what Tulsi Gabbard is pointing out is that all of this is being done at a certain time for a certain purpose, which is to go after their number one political enemy rival, which has never been done in the United States, which is violating federal law and has turned our great country into essentially a banana republic. And it's really sad. Tulsi Gabbard used to be the congressperson from Hawaii. 
yep. was a Democrat, never believed many Democratic things, just, we'll just say, by her own admission. She never believed many Democratic things and ideas, by her own admission, oh. right? So I've followed hmm. Tulsi Gabbard for seven, eight years. Norwell. She's yeah. very articulate. I really like the way she spells yeah. out. I like yeah. the arguments that she makes. I like the way her thought process goes. Yeah. But on these facts, they're just, she's just wrong. She's just wrong about all this. The, this happens a lot from all the red hatters I know. They're like, when you say to them, what's your proof that this is a politicized action? They say, well, because they're prosecuting Donald Trump. That's it. That's the proof. And then I say, but there's crimes that are listed in indictments. Of course. So why are they, how is it that they're, why don't you say, yeah. unlike, let me finish here, unlike Tulsi Gabbard, who says all of these indictments being thrown at Donald Trump, it's a great rhetorical style. In other words, the reason for the indictments is someone threw them, not that the evidence demanded a charge. That's the difference. The difference of what she's saying here, what you've said repeatedly in our text conversations and in conversations here, is, oh, the evidence doesn't dictate if crimes are going to be prosecuted. The political position of the Justice Department, the political position of the person being charged. That's all it is. And I just have to say, Casey, you've said it many times. I've said back to you this many times, and I want to say it again. The people that are making this political is Donald Trump and Red Hatters. Y y these are the folks who are saying repeatedly, this is political. And then you say, why do you say it's political? Because you're prosecuting Donald Trump. That's the, the only evidence that is political. Number one. He happens to be the number one leading candidate. Yeah, but he committed party. crimes by the statements of people in Georgia, oh, in New oh. York, and the federal government. Me, so you cannot you. have, let, let me, me just, you, you cannot say we're a country of laws, not of men, and then say, but if someone's running for office, you can't prosecute them of their crimes. Again, th this idea that everything is political. That's what you've said multiple times. That's what Tulsi Gabbard just said. This idea, there is no blind justice. Everything is simply driven by Joe Biden to cover up for Hunter Biden. Man, I mean, uh, I think I got you clear on that. I can make your argument for you, but that is one that I think just holds no validity. There's yeah. no well, possible way you. to make you sense of the world. I know that there's no way that we'll ever be able to prove this, but I guarantee you that if Donald Trump had not announced that he was running for president and was not so far ahead in the polls, none of this would have happened because these are bogus. I mean, absolutely bogus. Casey, square the circle with me. You've said multiple times the reason that we should know that the judge the prosecutors are corrupt is they said, elect me and I will prosecute Donald Trump. That's and then you now. say, and then you say, had he not been running for office, they wouldn't have prosecuted him. So which is it? Four years ago, investigations were opened and people are saying, I'm going to prosecute Donald Trump. Or the only reason they're prosecuting him is because the polls say that he's in the lead. 
Yeah. This is I, a guy who think, couldn't win, who couldn't win the presidency as the sitting president. You really think the entire justice system is going to bend its knee and break its back and become the most corrupt justice system are, in American history four, simply to stop Donald Trump from being president? I mean, these, seriously. These are, four, these are four indictments, all of which are, these are 91 Democrat indictments. Stronghold. They're all Democrat strongholds. They are not. Um, the state of Florida yeah. is not a Democratic stronghold. Where's the, the state trial? of Georgia? The, the state of wait, Georgia wait, is not a Democratic stronghold. That Fulton County is. But that's not the, the location. Okay, dude, seriously, like this argument, but not Georgia, which is a state crime, but that one county that by four or 14 percent happens to vote more for Democrats than like, dude, this thing that constantly proving, even though Florida, but then it happened in Miami because that's where the federal jurisdiction is like, dude, come on now. I mean, to be friends, there's a better argument than this. The argument might be <laughs> Donald Trump is innocent of the charges. Because, again, the thing I can't get to the bottom of with your argument is, are you saying he didn't do it or are you saying they shouldn't charge him because he's running for office? Which is it? Did Hillary destroy 30,000 emails? All right. Or did they just well, decide? Okay, Bill Barr did said. Did they just decide not to prosecute? Bill Barr said he wasn't going to prosecute. Jeff Sessions said he wasn't going to prosecute. You ask me. And I'm going to say, check in with Bill Barr and Jeff Sessions. By the way, I know that you've said that Bill Barr is part of the deep state in opposition to Donald Trump now. So once again, buddy, it happens over and over. So go ahead and talk me off the ledge, but I just want to be straight up here. I want to be able to hear your argument clear. But when the argument is everyone is corrupt except Donald Trump, the one person for whom 90... Everyone, everyone involved Democrats. in this situation... Everyone involved in this situation, dude, and Liz Cheney and Bill Barr and Jeff Sessions and Robert Mueller. And I mean, it it doesn't end. OK, uh, on the number of people that have to be corrupt uh, on this one. All right. Hey, yeah, there's a, because he's earned the ire of many people by the very things we've been talking about today. All right. Uh, are you ready to sing a little? Uh, by the way, yep. for people who are still watching this, thank you. Uh, and uh, for those of you uh, who don't know, uh, Casey and I also share a love of music. And uh, we share. And Casey's going to play a little ditty first, and then I'm going to just play a little riff of a ditty. Um, because right. uh, uh, because uh, uh there was a death over the weekend. So anyway, all right. Uh, so Casey, you go first. Hang on. Let, let me let me get you big on the screen here. Um, no, that's me bigging you small. That's not right. And that's totally not right. All right, Casey. I think you're just gonna. I think you're just gonna have to go like that. I I I, I got this messed up. There was that all one right. guy that was there. <laughs> the video with the one guy, and then the people cheering that Donald Trump was turning himself in. All right. Hey, you have at it. All right. So I just want to say. Um, you know, with all of our disagreements and the way that we see these things differently, Doug, um, I still love you. And I, I, you know, I might get a little bit um, emotional sometimes and and raise my voice and stuff, but it's just because I'm passionate and, uh, you know, I'm not I'm not trying to um, be mean or anything like that. So um, and the thing that I love about music is that music is kind of the one thing that can bring people together. 
And it's something that, uh, speaking of passions, you and I are both passionate about. And uh, despite our differences, um, we can both agree that when you when you hear a good song, it just changes everything. It just brings it all back, and it helps remind us that the world is supposed to be about love, about love, and about happiness, and about joy. And that's what, in my, my opinion, music, the mystery that it is, nobody can explain why music does this to, to people, but it does. And it brings people together. So that's why I love it. Here we go. Uh, this is a song about, um, well, it's another song by Jim Croce, and it's called Roller Derby Queen. So here goes. on the barroom TV screen. Well, I was just getting ready to grab my hat when she caught my eye and I put it back and I ordered myself a couple more shots and beers. The night I fell in love with the roller derby queen round and round, oh round and round. Sunk a woman that anybody ever seen down in the arena. She was five foot six, two fifteen, bleach blonde mama with a streak of me. She knew how to knuckle and she knew how to stuffle and fight. The roller derby program said she was built like a refrigerator with a head. Fans call her Tuffy, but her buddies all call her Spike. That night I fell in love with the roller derby queen. Round and round, oh, round and round. Being as tough a woman that anybody ever seen. Down at the arena. Yeah, baby. Yeah. You know, I, I do think about that, Casey, all the ways that people uh, come together around music, you know, it, yeah. people that love Jim Croce, as I do and you do, like, this is the commonality uh, that we have. And in the midst of those commonalities, we have all kinds of uh, all kinds of difference. And hopefully we can hear each other about the difference uh, this weekend. Jimmy Buffett died. Blew out my flip-flop Isn't that a great line? Stepped on a pop-top Cut my heel and had to cruise on back home But there's blues in the blender and Soon it will render That frozen concoction that helps me hang on Wasted away again in Margaritaville Looking for my I'll shake her a song Some people claim that there's a woman to blame But I know it's my own damn fault Now I won't uh, apply that to Donald Trump 
I won't apply that to Donald Trump someday saying <laughs> people say that there's a prosecutor to blame. I'm not going to pollute our love of music with my political ideologies and demands. <laughs> hey, everybody, Hello. thanks for... Uh, what's that? I was going to say uh, it should be uh, some people claim that there's a Donald to blame. <laughs> some people claim there's a prosecutor <laughs> or a judge or a... Uh, Casey, love you, buddy. Uh, and all of you, if you're in uh, conversations like this and you find it helpful to share this with a friend and be like, hey, I think we're kind of like this, you know, that we're, you're Bert and Ernie, you're, you know, Siskel and Ebert, you're, I don't know, Fonzie and Richie, whatever. Uh, like I couldn't come up with another pair of people that were 1970s television references. You're, uh, I don't know, the yin and yang of this, uh, this political world. Love for you to share it. Uh, YouTube is our favorite place. If you're going to share a video, share it from YouTube. If you watch this on Facebook, thank you. Uh, we're glad to have you do it. But if you could also do it over on YouTube, it helps us out in our algorithm over there. Facebook, I don't know what the algorithm is. I don't know how that works. Uh, but I do know how it works over on YouTube. So it's best for us if you share it from there. Casey, anything more? And oh, Happy Labor Day, my friend. I hope you enjoy the holiday. Thank you. Yeah, I'm, I, I don't feel like I labor. I feel like I work. And so for all those who do labor uh, and... Uh, thanks for all of your work on these on these great days. All right, buddy. See you later. Bye, everybody. All right, all right buddy. Bye-bye.